India and England, it's all over in the test front. We are here, we're back. Pace Journal, the preview and review show. Today, I'm your host, Nikhil Tamshanani. Joined is the resident analyst, our resident analyst, Tamar Mills. Tamar, thank you so much for coming on to the show. A lot to discuss. Your team, England, not looking so good, ending up losing the series 3-1 after winning it. Your reaction? Welcome to the Pace Journal. Yeah, obviously it all started so well, didn't it? However long ago it was in Chennai, that first test. And since then, obviously, it's been been pretty tough sledding for England. There were moments in this test match where they were in the game. Uh, obviously, they won the, won the toss and had a bat. So they kind of had another opportunity to get some runs on the board. The pitch definitely wasn't as extreme in this second match in Admetabad than compared to the first match. But, um, yeah, they'll be very disappointed. There's been lots of talk already in the press. You know, Joe Root in his post-game uh, presses and things talking about how, you know where they need to get better. I'm sure we'll get into it later in the show. But, um, yeah, a disappointing series for England, especially, you know, after going 1-0 up in the first test. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, India, let's touch on them first of all. A very dominant performance by them. We saw them lose in the first test, but they really bounced back strongly, whether that had to do with advantage of home conditions or, or whatever it had to do with. The point is, they were extremely dominant in their home conditions. What do you think are some of the things that they did well throughout the series? I just, well, that spin, both obviously bowling it and playing it, was obviously a, a huge part, wasn't it? Um, you just look at the, the wicket takers, uh, Ashwin and uh, Axar Patel. I just pulled it up on my on my laptop now. It's, it's, it makes quite strange reading to look at the whole list of wicket takers. You have obviously Ashwin took 32 wickets in four matches, which is you know incredible, going at an average of only 14. Axar Patel, not far behind, he played three games. He took 27 uh, games, his first three games in Test cricket as well. Um, 27 wickets, averaging only 10 and a half. And then Jack Leach for England obviously chipped in with, with 18 himself. So good showing for him. But you can see. The top three wicket takers were obviously spin bowlers, and India had two outstanding spinners. Whereas England only had one spinner, you know, that was able to kind of consistently be relied upon. Obviously, Mo and Ali only played one Test match for one reason or another, which again we'll get into later in the show. But I think you know that the key to this series was India having two, you know, outstanding spinners that were constantly testing England, and unfortunately, England weren't able to kind of hold up to the test in terms of their batting and. Brighton. On the other side of the coin, England just didn't quite have the quality of spin to exploit the surface um, on offer. And you know, whenever they did have good passages in the game, India were more often than not able to ride them out and, and get through to the other side. Yeah, before we look at the entire series, I want to touch on this game specifically because obviously this is a review for the fourth test as well as the series. It was definitely a more balanced pitch. Um, we saw, I, I assessed early on day one, you saw some grass on it. You thought something would be in it for the seamers. Nine fast bowler, nine seamer wickets uh, in this test. So our Pace Journal family will be very happy with that. Uh, we saw Ben Stokes, he took four. James Anderson took two. Mami Siraj was electric uh, as usual and replace, replacing Jasper Boomer. So tell me your assessment of, of conditions and the surface. And do you think it was a good toss to win by England to, to bat first? 
Yeah, it's always a good toss to win, especially in the subcontinent. Um, but yeah, as I said, it wasn't the extreme, you know, raging turner that the last pitch was. Obviously, we're back to day conditions and the red ball as opposed to day nighter and the pink ball. So um, you expected it to be a little bit more placid, and it was. The, the pitch was good, wasn't it? It looked, uh, as you see, got your got own the red one today. Got the red, yeah. ready to bowl. Um, but it's. Um, uh, you, you made me lose track with that red ball. It makes me come out in a rash. I don't. I haven't bowled with a red ball for about five years now. I'm only. I'm only about the white ball life now. But um, now the pitch. It was a good pitch, wasn't it? There's, there was swing there early. There was seam there, um, kind of all through the game. Um, Mohammed Siraj, as you say, he was really impressive. We kind of spoke about. We thought it would be Umeshadab to come in for Jasprit Bumrah, but for one reason or another, they went with Siraj, and he looks really lively, didn't he? He's got that real kind of that snap of the wrist, and he gets the ball to. To kind of, you know, he, he's not coming up hugely quick on the speed gun, kind of, you know, mid 130s, but, you know, he, he seems to trouble the batsman for a little bit of pace, bit of bounce, see movement. He was really impressive, a quiet game for Ishan Sharma, but that can happen. Um, so, yeah, I think in England obviously wanted to win the toss and hope that the pitch deteriorated come the fourth inning. So then it, was, it would have been very tricky to bat on. But unfortunately, as we've seen, look, they lost early wickets at, at one point. They were 30 for three, batting first. You're, Always disappointed. Johnny Bairstow, um struggling a little bit for form. Sibley Crawley. Um, and then there was a little bit of a recovery in the middle order. Ben Stokes, uh, Dan Lawrence in particular. Um, but yeah, like it wasn't it wasn't a good showing on, as you say, especially when you get the first bite of the cherry on, a, on what looked a decent pitch, a little bit of steam movement. You've got to be scoring more than 200. And you know, when, you, when you don't, you're, you, you are up against it. Yeah, Stephanie. And in terms of selection from an England point of view, Tamal, I was very surprised to see, obviously, based on the last test where they definitely missed that spinner, we saw them opt for an extra spinner and even bringing Dan Lawrence, who can both spin as well. But do you think that was sort of, you know, too much of an influence from the last test? Because to be honest, I thought there was something in this service for the seamers. Did England miss that frontline seamer in a Joffre Archer, a short broad? Um, because they only played one in James Anderson and then asked Ben Stokes to take up the responsibility. Do you think they sort of missed out on selection there? Yeah, a little bit. So it, it was obvious that they were worried about the batting. Obviously, the batting hasn't fired throughout the whole series. So they felt, they felt like we need an extra batsman in there. So they brought in they brought Dan Lawrence back into the side to come in and bat number seven. He's normally obviously a you know a top order batter. So that pushed Ben Folks down to eight, Don Best down to nine. So in theory, they you know they kind of shored up their batting because it's been a struggle for them for the whole series. So that was the thinking. But as a result of that, as you say, obviously you play your two spinners and then that leaves you with only James Anderson as a frontline spinner. And then Ben uh, Ben Stokes has then got to be your other frontline seaman. And to be fair, you know, Anderson and Stokes bowled really well, didn't they? Especially that opening spell from James Anderson. I think he started with what five maidens and on, on the reel, which is obviously an, an unbelievable effort in those conditions. Ben Stokes, mm. he bowled some long spells, kind of six, seven, eight over spells and getting close to 40 degree heat. So he charged in. He looked really good. He got that wicket of Virat Kohli that you know reared off the surface, took the glove, and you know, really impressive delivery. Um, but yeah, you, you'd say looking back now that they could have done with another seamer. And again, there's been a lot of chat, obviously with the rotation policy and, and the, the the way that England have chosen to go about the squad for the tour, you know, someone like Sam Curran or Chris Wokes, that, you know, kind of genuine bowling all-rounder would have probably been a better shout or, or, or a preferred option, sorry, to to the extra out-and-out batter in Dan Lawrence, because obviously Wokes and Sam Curran are, are good batters in their own right. And as you say, the... England did look a little bit light on the on the seam front, especially with Don Best struggling to kind of hold his own um, at the other end from Jack Leach. That was the key. They needed Best to you know, really be able to hold down an end. 
So then they could bowl a lot of spin and then, you know, have Anderson and Stokes maybe rotate from an end. But unfortunately, he, um, he, he struggled a little bit, little bit in this test match. I'm glad you touched on the selection policy because it's something that I wanted to ask you about. I've heard a lot of England fans mourn and groan about it. And to be honest, I put England's detriment and, and unfortunate circumstances in this series down to their, that selection policy because I think they've been extremely unlucky. For example, you bring in Moen Ali uh, in the third, te fourth, second test, sorry. He takes eight wickets, scores a, a blistering 43, and then he leaves. You also have, as you just mentioned, Chris Wolfs. Uh, he was sent home for a rest period. I thought he could have been a huge plus because they're looking to strengthen that batting. And he also provides that front line seeming option. He's not there for the available for selection. So I really think, thought, sorry, that this selection policy for England, it sort of hurt them in the end. But in terms of, I know England, for example, just came from Sri Lanka. They've been on a long streak of away cricket. Uh, what do you make of the selection policy? Were there any things that, you know, thought ended up hurting England in the end? Or do you think it's just something that's required based on the amount of cricket is being played um, in terms of England away from home? Uh, look, it's a tricky one to answer. And that's all kind of all, all the cricket journalists, uh, pundits back in the UK now. That's all everybody's talking about um, is, you know, giving guys rest through test series, especially when some guys are obviously going on to play the IPL in, uh, in not so long so where the priorities lie as you say England did had a couple of tests in Sri Lanka before coming straight to India um, they you know they're, they're prioritizing guys you know health mental health and you know kind of well-being from being stuck in bubbles being in hotels especially if you're in you know not playing necessarily you think of somebody like Chris Wokes hasn't played didn't play a single game you know doing a lot of 12-man fitness work gym it's tough, you know, you've got no release. Uh, you can't leave the hotel, go for a coffee, go to a restaurant. You can't, you can't do anything. So they're very, very wary of that in these uh, current times, which you, you can't complain with, in my opinion, if, if that's what the, how they're going to go about it. Um, Mo and Ali, the same. There was obviously Joe Root kind of got thrown under the bus a little bit and, you know, was maybe misspoke slightly. Then that, it made it out like Mo and Ali had chosen to go home, but it was always his, you know, scheduled rest time. Um, which they kind of gave to the guys that were going to be coming back for the for the white ball series. So um, yeah, it's tricky. It's, it's, there's, there's no real right way to answer it, in, in my opinion, because everybody has different priorities. You have to look at bigger pitches sometimes. But you would say on a pure cricketing front, you would you would have liked. I'm sure Joe would have loved to have his full strength squad to pick from from every single Test match, and unfortunately. He didn't have that. And as a, as a result, they were chopping and changing the side a lot, trying to find different balances. Maybe, as you say, in that last test, they could have done with you know, Sam Curran or, or Chris Wokes um, to just for a slightly different balance to the side. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a tricky tour, tricky four test matches. I'm sure they would have learned a lot. There's already been talks about Jury saying that, you know, the county system in, in England needs to be better or, or more slanted to get spinners in the game. So they, you know, batsmen get used to facing more spin and, sim and similarly spinners get used to bowling more overs in England because unfortunately it doesn't happen that, that much. Um, but look, in India come back to England in the, in the middle of the English summer for, for the return, return series, don't they? So it'll be interesting to see how they go in you know, literally what four or five months time. Yeah, finally, just the last point I want to touch on in terms of this test. Risha Pant, 101. Obviously, Washington Sundar, a big reason why India were able to get a, a massive lead. But I'm telling you, Tamar, I can't believe that. The, I, can't, I just can't believe the magnitude of a player that this guy is. Reverse sweeping James Anderson. Obviously, that's what everybody's speaking about. Over the slips for four with a brand new ball. 
just talk to me about about Rashad Pan. What what is what what is a way to describe this young man? Because I find it really hard. He's so unorthodox in terms of what we are expecting in Tester here, but he's a born match winner. And how big of a difference do you think it is having these sort of guys in your team, especially in Tester here? Oh, he's box office, isn't he? That's the only way to describe him. Look, I'm I'm not a fan of, of batsmen in general, but he's he's somebody that I enjoy watching. You know, T20 cricket, obviously. You've seen some of the innings he plays for the, you know, was Delhi Daredevils, now Delhi Capitals. Um, but yeah, in test matches as well, he, he makes it must-watch cricket because uh, the, the thing that he's kind of getting more mostly applauded for in uh, in these series, in this series or in this innings, is how he, you know, they played, the situation well didn't they they kind of they, he wasn't all guns blazing from ball one like we saw earlier on in the series in Chennai when he went after Jack Lee straight away he you know just played normally for a while and then as he got into the innings as India got kind of out of a little bit of trouble because remember they came when he came to the crease he they were 146 for six I think um sorry they were 146 for six at some point when Ashwin got out so they, they were still 50 runs behind the game England were bowling well and he just destroyed it. You know, he destroyed really any hopes of, of England getting back into that game. That blitz, as you say, when he went pretty much from kind of 70 to, to 100, was, it was brilliant to watch. As you say, reverse sweeping James Anderson with the new ball um, was, was special to watch. And then Washington Sunder at the other end just kind of went about his business. Obviously finished 94, 96, not out. Obviously, he'd be, he'd be disappointed. You always want 100. But, you know, I'm sure his teammates were very, very... Um, you know, uh, giving him all the credit that he deserved for his role whilst Richard Pant was doing what he was doing at the other end. So having those players in the lower middle order that can, you know, take a game away from a, a, an opposition or get yourself, get your own team right back in there is, you know, it's invaluable. Yeah, and moving on to the overall series, let's touch on England's batting, first of all, because obviously many will say it's subpar, Joe Root, the highest scorer in the entire series. But when you look at it in, in context, 368 runs. Uh, obviously, he got that 218 in the first innings of the first test. So only 150 runs thereafter. So he was sort of disappointed with that. But in terms of England's top three, they did not give them much in the series. And we know how important it is for the top, for the top order to see off that new ball. Um, I'll just give you some stats here. Dom Best, sorry, Dom Sibley, uh, he only averaged f- above 14. Rory Burns, same. He only averaged uh, over 13. And, I mean, Johnny Bairstow was, I mean, even worse, averaging just seven. So how much of a lack of application do you think it was from England's top three? Uh, They did chop and change. We saw Zach Crowley, who came back from injury, got a 50, but nothing really else. How big of a disadvantage was that for England, not having their top three firing? Yeah, it's tough. And, obviously, when you're... It was obviously a weakness against spin a lot of the time. When at any time that... India opened with spin, which was obviously a lot during this test match. It was it was tough going, wasn't it, from ball one? There was obviously a huge amount of talk about guys getting out to the, the straight ball. As soon as a ball kind of turned past the bat, it kind of got in their heads a little bit. But look, obviously England did come into this with a, a relatively inexperienced top order. So, you know, Sibley, um, Crawley especially, um, Rory Burns has played a little bit now. Johnny Bairstow's been in and out of the side a lot over a you know a long period of time. He's obviously brilliant in white ball cricket. Came back after a rest after a really good Sri Lanka tour and didn't go too well for him in in the Test series. So uh, it was it, it's not ideal situations I think for some of the guys. Obviously either being inexperienced or not playing a lot of cricket coming into pretty extreme and very challenging conditions. So um, they're up against it a little bit to be honest. Uh, as you say, kind of got away with it in the first game 
due to Joe Root's you know, brilliance on a, on a flat deck um, in the first innings. And since the kind of India saw that and decided, okay, well, we're not going to have any more flat decks. We're going we're gonna to really challenge them. And unfortunately, um, England weren't able to, to respond. Um, you know, it was a great quote from Ben Stokes that he spent you know, over two hours batting, trying to not get out to the straight ball. And then he ended up getting out to a straight ball. Um, so he, it, it's obviously in the, in the guy's head. They're talking about it. They're aware of it. And when you've got that kind of reverberating through a changing room, it's it's a, it's a difficult place to to claw yourself out, to claw yourself out of. Yeah, and just from an Indian perspective, now Rohit Sharma, the second leading run scorer in this series, three hundred and forty-five runs. I really credit India because their you know best player and and one of the world's best players in Virat Kohli only averaged twenty-eight in this series. He did not have a great series at all, and the fact that their batting was able to execute. And, and show that other guys were able to step up. I thought that was remarkable. And one guy is Rohit Sharma. Talk to me about him, because before the series, obviously before Australia's, the Australian series, you would say a lot of people were hesitant in terms of whether Rohit Sharma was the one for test cricket. We saw him batting at six. But right now, the way he's gone about these last two series at the top of the order, really many will not have, sorry, you will not have many questions about his competency at the top of the order. How impressive was he? For, for example, specifically in that third test when he got 66, when the rest of the Indian batting failed and it looked like he was batting on a completely different surface. So how crucial do you think he was to India's success? Yeah, look, the one thing you can say about um, Rohit is he didn't look, you know, it was obviously at times it could have been very frantic, very, um, you know, very messy, quite a, a well, obviously a very difficult situation to bat in, but he always looked very calm and looked in control. Um, obviously, he's a very, very experienced player through many years of playing for India, IPL, etc. So there's not too much he hasn't seen. And I think that experience really kind of came to the fore. We spoke about, obviously, Sibley, Crawley, Burns, these guys having very little experience of playing in those conditions. Rohit Sharma's obviously been doing it for an awful long time. So that's something that kind of stood out to me, um, whether it was a little bit of swing or some good bowling with the new ball, Jimmy Anderson, et cetera, um, or you know, opening up the spin, Jack Leach, you know, theory, right-handed batter, left-arm left spin bowler, taking the ball away from him. Just looked in control, he looked calm. Um, and as you say, that that platform, having those kind of pillars in the innings, as you say, Coley not firing. And when you've got guys like Pajara, and then Richard Pant coming in later, and then obviously the, the exploits of Ashwin, Washington Sunder coming in after them as well. India just had enough guys on form throughout the series to never really be in too much difficulty. Yeah, and obviously, um, in terms of the left arm spin, before this series, Tamil, England had lost 43 wickets to left arm spin in the last two years. They lost 34, sorry, 31 wickets to left arm spin, 27 from Aksar Patel who was the second uh, leading wicket taker, and four from Shabazz Nadim. It's a clear weakness in their batting. Uh, Dom Sibley, for example, was dismissed, I think that's nine times now, um, two left arm spin. And I must credit India for being able to exploit that. It's one thing to know about a team's weakness, but being able to exploit it. In terms of Aksar Patel, what impressed you about him? Because it's very interesting. I was speaking to an Indian journalist, and he said the difference why he thought Aksar Patel was so successful, as opposed to Nadim, is because of, uh, he's a lot flatter and quicker through the air. So you, it doesn't give a lot the batsman a lot of time, uh, you know, to calibrate and, and figure out what Aksar Patel was bowling and pick the, all the balls, et cetera. Especially with that pink ball, as we know, it made it very much more difficult. What about Aksar Patel really impressed and surprised you because he's brand new, fresh on the scene. This is his first test series. 
you know, that's 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 part of it. What you say there, you're fresh on the scene. There's not any footage of you bowling in Test cricket. There's no data. There's no stats. So you have to take a little. And some of these guys would have faced him in the IPL, but that's obviously a completely different um, challenge, isn't it? A different, you know, your the goalposts are so different, uh, so differently placed. But um, one thing you have to remember a little bit is that. Um, Shabazz Nadim played that first test match when uh, it, it was pretty flat in Chennai. It wasn't turning, you know, it wasn't spitting, wasn't, you know, wasn't big puffs of dust. It was much nicer to bat on. And then unfortunately he, you know, he did okay. And then Axel Patel came in for the rest of the series where, as we know, it, it turned a lot. So um, you have to bear that into, into mind. But as, um, as you say, a lot of the guys that know spin bowling a lot better than what I do just say he's, he was so accurate. He bowled, you know, he very rarely missed the spot and he bowled that perfect spot where if it spun, he obviously had a chance to take the edge. But if it didn't, it's carrying on and it's hitting the stumps. And as we all know, obviously, uh, that, that was the, the main problem with this series, guys, not being able to play the straight ball after a ball, that's, ball or two that spins. So, um, yeah, he was obviously, it would be brilliant. He was so proud of the, the start he's made to his test career. Obviously, he had conditions to help him. But you have to exploit that, and I think his accuracy and his consistency of how he's just been able to land the ball in in the right spot over and over and over again, obviously, um, gave the England batsman nowhere to go. Solid point you made there about Shabazz Nadim. Definitely have to take that into consideration. But I also think Aksar Patel's batting ability has also helped him as well. I think he averages over thirty in first half circuit. So um, solid all round. Final player I want to touch on tomorrow before we wrap up: Jack Leach. As a an uh, England fan, and obviously someone that you probably know, Jack Leach, how I'm sure many England fans, if there's a few positives to pull out from this series, it will be Jack Leach because his consistency is discipline to get 18 wickets. He caused serious problems, for example, to a Virat Kohli and to other batsmen in this series. How impressed were you with Jack Leach and, and what do you think his upside is for the future of England Test cricket? Yeah, I think he's come out with a lot of positives, a lot of credit in the bank. Um, especially after the way the, the series started, as you say, when Rishabh Pant came after him in, in Chennai and, and took him to the cleaners, he was going you know, 10 and over for at one point, which in test cricket, you just don't see. Uh, so to, the way he came back was obviously a testament to him, his skill level. Um, you know, he bowled a lot of overs in the tour. Again, just, just, just pulling it up now, third leading wicket taker in the whole series, bowled, bowled more overs than Axel Patel, bowled 161 overs, and he bowled uh, about 20 overs less than Ravi Ashwin. So, he was asked to bowl a lot, as you say, being the, the main spinner in the English side with Moen Ali and Don Bess at the other end, having varying levels of success and uh, varying levels, obviously, of participation as well. Um, but, yeah, I think he's, he's obviously he's one of the, the few players to come out with, with some real credit. I think he's obviously earned himself a good long run in the side. He'll be obviously be the number one spinner now when England go back to the, you know, the different conditions of the English summer. It's a very different way of bowling when he, he's going to be playing county championship cricket back home now. Um, and as you say, it's a problem with the English season and the English conditions that unfortunately you don't have this, you know, plethora and this real depth in the, in the spin bowling department because you just don't, you don't, you very, very rarely in county cricket get teams playing two spinners in a, in a or two genuine spinners in a game. You'll, a lot of the time you won't get any. It'll just be seeding bowled for the whole, whole, whole four days if, if a game goes to four days because it's often just swinging and seaming around until kind of halfway through the season. So, um, yeah, he, he's done a really good job, really, you know, controlled himself, um, you know, held himself in, in in the right way, as I said, especially when Rishabh Pant was, was coming after him in that first game. Yeah, guys, as you would all remember, last weekend, sorry, last week when we recorded the pre preview for the fourth test, I debuted a very special segment on this show called the Friendly Wagers. So me and Tamal picked out three stats 
which we deemed, you know, that we thought would be important to the, the scheme of the game. And we picked more, most runs, most wickets, and most dismissals. So I'll give you a, just a brief, brief summarization of how it went. Most runs, Tamal Mill said Virat Kohli. I said Joe Root. And obviously, India only batting once doesn't help Tamal's case. <laughs> Kohli made a duck and Joe Root made 35. So that's one to me. Come on, Tamal, man. Secondly, <laughs> the wickets, Tamal said Jack Leach, his countryman. I said Aksar Patel. Aksar Patel got nine in the game. Jack Leach got two. And finally, the most dismissals. Uh, we both said Ben Fox, and he only got one in the entire game. And, and Rashad Pant got four. So right now, it's 2-0 to me. What a start that is. And Tamal is yet we'll to get on the board. Score. That's I'll you, shocking. I'll give, you, I'll give you a head start. I'll give you a head That's start. shocking, man. Uh, Come on. I'll, I'll, International I'll analyst at you. Come on, T20 tomorrow, series man. coming up next. White ball cricket. That's my that's my forte. I actually know what's uh, what's going on in, in T20 cricket. So I'll, uh, I'll I'll pull it back then. We shall see, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for all for watching every episode of this test series. That's been it. Of course, India uh, cruising to a, a massive win in this test series, three one. They get to the World Test Championship final against New Zealand. Don't go anywhere because we will be back as Tamal just previewed the T20 series, the one day series, the IPL. We have so much exciting content coming up for you guys. Please stay locked. Tell your friends about this show, the Pace Journal preview and review show. That's been it. Thank you so much once again. Tamal, over to you. Yeah, cheers, guys. As you say, we'll be back. New channel for us. So keep trying to grow it. Um, hopefully it's some good insight. So we'll be back in a, in a few days' time. We'll, we'll drop a preview in for the, for the T20 series. We've already conducted a, a little interview for you guys with somebody in, in one of the camps, so keep an eye out for that. And, um, yeah, we'll keep, keep supporting us. We appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. Welcome to the Peace Journey.